Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in, guys. Saturday night, 6.03, like I said. It is February 19th. Offseason is officially here, and we're taking some quarterback rankings here today from NFL's network's own, uh, NFL.com's own Greg Rosenthal. Welcome in. Mile High Insiders. Luke, how you doing? I'm excited to be here, man. Excited to talk some ball with you. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a it's the off season, but it's not our off season. The off season means we go to work here at Mile High Huddle. Uh, yeah. Most of us here just on staff just happen to be NFL draft junkies. So uh, I know you're deep into your studies. I'm deep into mine. Scott's yeah. went to the Senior Bowl. Obviously, I was in Vegas, so I'm repping some Shrine gear right now. Uh, but no, man, I'm pumped, dude. Pumped out five articles in a couple days. I know you're working on your scouting. I see you all over all week. Three different shows now is where you can find Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall MHH. Uh, yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. But no, man, I'm excited. It's it's a good season to be working. It's a lot of rumors about Aaron Rodgers, obviously. And now we're biting onto the relationship aspect, right? Oh, yeah. Of the split uh, yep. and all of those things. So it's a busy offseason, even though it's just beginning for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, hope springs eternal. The Broncos have five top 100 picks. The Broncos have some of the highest amount of cap space in the league this year. They also have a lot of cap space that can be created with some extensions moving on from some guys as well. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna it can be a very busy and volatile offseason in that regard. Uh, and also, Luke, I want to you know hype you up here real quick. I saw you share it on Facebook yesterday an article from a year ago uh, where you were hyping up. Patrick Sertan and his fit with the Denver Broncos pre-free agency, uh, obviously before free agency, before they brought in Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby, you know, his cornerback was linked to the Broncos and you said Sertan's my guy. I'm glad that you were right about that because, man, he looks incredible. Uh, put you on the spot. Who's who's the guy right now for nine again? It's uh, crystal ball time since mm. he had it last year. It doesn't matter because we're not going to have the pick. How about that? Can go. I exit and dirty out of that? No, seriously, man. Yeah. I'm a draft guy through and through. Um, obviously, there's no such thing as guarantees. I feel yeah. like in almost all of my articles now, I have to address the Aaron Rodgers at some point and say, yeah. while the Broncos are still kind of interested, and by kind, I mean very, they would sell their souls to the devil himself to get Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to happen. There's no such thing as a guarantee in this league. So if you're George Payton, second year as GM, you're the boss now. You are the captain now to run this ship you have got to have contingency plans nick you cannot just go into this draft unprepared because there are only one to two different quarterbacks that you might like kenny pickett continues to be connected to the broncos um i don't necessarily love him i think malik willis is a prospect that i'm curious about but a number one pick man that's really really rich and it's something that the Broncos and George Payton are, are digging deep into right now because, well, that matters. Drafting matters. And if he wasn't going to take a quarterback last year, maybe he takes one this year. I don't think that's the case. 
Yeah, I mean, everybody's been linking the Broncos to veteran quarterbacks this offseason, whether it be Aaron Rodgers, whether it be Russell Wilson, uh, maybe even Kirk Cousins or a Jimmy Garoppolo, which obviously different vein of those previous two quarterbacks listed. Uh, but who knows what the market's going to be? It sounds like the quarterback market is going to be at a standstill until the Deshaun Watson stuff reaches resolution uh, from the league uh for every single quarterback. So we'll see who stays and who goes, but the Broncos are going to be definitely active in that. I agree with you though. I mean, Malik Willis intrigues me, but I don't think I'd take him at nine. I don't think I'd take any of these guys at nine. I like them. Yeah. I don't love any of them. Well, and you know, I also wrote up and you saw as well. I know you were all over Twitter and you're having really good engaging conversations with everyone from Broncos country, from just NFL fans. Yeah. Get at us on Twitter guys. Cause we love the conversation. Um, Devin Lloyd, right? Todd McShay mm -hmm. had Devin Lloyd, a linebacker that we both like a lot, but yeah. man, that's a rich pick. It's just, yeah. You know, he's he's not Micah Parsons. I It's no. hard to say a poor man's Micah Parsons because he's a generational talent. But yeah. uh, I do like Devin Lloyd, obviously, too. He's a good linebacker, and the Broncos are in need of some serious upgrades at the linebacker position. Free agency kicks off here in just under a month. The Broncos have some decisions to make with Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell, who are both unrestricted free agents. And uh, maybe they go linebacker in the draft if they have that pick, which they will not. Yeah, and they'll definitely need some help at the uh, the front seven this year. Uh, Luke, I don't know if you saw this from uh, ESPN and the Todd. Of course you did. But can you say for us, because since you wrote the article about Devin Lloyd with the Todd McShay draft, uh, ESPN's pass rush win rate. Um, it is an interesting uh, data point, which is if your team reaches the quarterback in the cutoff is two and a half seconds. A lot of teams use two and a half seconds as the cutoff for a pass blocking win or a pass rushing win. Um, where did the Broncos rank last year in pass rush win rate across the league? Uh, would that be average right in the middle dead last 30 second right? out of 32 teams last year. Todd McShay referenced it. Uh, they were also 30, uh, 31st in PFFs pass rushing grade and, uh, their run defensive grade from PFF was 27th out of 32 in the league too. So the Broncos front seven, I know, uh, Vic Fangio and whatnot, um, uh, you know, say what you will, but he definitely maximized what he's doing. And we got Scott doing jumping jacks bite now. Michael Ronquillo, big time stars. Bing, bang, boom. What do the kids say now? Bing, bong. Michael coming in. Good evening, Nick and Luke on MHA Pod. Good evening, Broncos Country and Scott. Scott's a part of Broncos Country now. It's, of course, hello, Scott. And uh, go Broncos. <laughs> uh, hello to you, Michael Ronquillo. Great to see you. Hope you're having an excellent Saturday night. And uh, God, so, show is so much better to have you here and joining us today. So we appreciate you. Mikey, what's up, buddy? A big friend of the show. We really appreciate all of your support. Hope you're doing well. Michael is one of the biggest members of Broncos country, and he represents Broncos country yeah. out of Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, Michael. I know you're pride to, proud to rep your orange and blue, which furthers kind of our mission statement here at Mile High Huddle, right? Broncos country is not a geographical location. It is a state of being. Please be sure to see milehighhuddle.com. Get all of your up-to-the-news information, news, draft analysis, rumors uh we got some links to videos pods things of those nature but michael is definitely all over it and we really really appreciate that that's coming in with ten thousand stars um this week just generating huge support for all of our shows across all of the platforms and the different personalities and men in these shows we really appreciate it michael thank you yeah, absolutely. And let's say hello to some people in the chat. It's a good break right there. We can get back into the Devin Lloyd stuff. And at some point we'll get into the quarterbacks because 
you can't not talk about the quarterback, right? It's, it's, it is the puzzle piece. Number one. Um, it's the, it's, it is the center of the bingo board, right? You get, you want to have that one. Uh, Dylan Von Ark's coming in. Dylan. Good. Always good to see you. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, sup Broncos country. And also shout out to Dylan for all the work he, he does behind the scenes for us. Uh, make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe. If you haven't already, Peter Middleton coming in with some stars as well. Uh, Again, thank you so much for your support, guys, and Peter Middleton here. What are the blue-chip players? There's no blue-chip quarterback. That's for sure. Uh, as far as this draft class, I mean, blue-chip is very much in the eye of the beholder. Uh, I think there are five top talents in this class overall, but they're not in the same vein as last year. Last year, I think the first 12 guys, um, Daniel Jeremiah has said it, uh, Dane Grugler has mentioned it as well that last year, the top 12 guys off the board would have been ranked higher almost on every single team's board in this year's class. So it's just, it's a down year at the top. You're still going to be good talent. You're just not going to have like Patrick Sertan coming in at 21 years old and looking like a top 10 pick day one. Micah Parsons coming in and being one of the best, best pass rushers in football day one. Rashawn Slater, one of the best pass protectors day one. Uh, probably not that caliber, but as far as blue chip for me this yeah. season, um, I have a hard time calling... I have a hard time calling Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau true blue chippers because there's Will Anderson coming down the tracks next year. And he is, he plays a different sport than those guys. He's that much better of a caliber athlete. Thibodeau is sliding as well. I don't know if you caught them. Daniel Jeremiah talking about it on his recent show. I tweeted it out yesterday where a lot of teams have Georgia's Trevon Walker rated higher than Kayvon Thibodeau, who's sliding um, maybe Mm. a little bit smaller than you think, maybe a little stiffer, maybe some, maybe some character like a work ethic on the, in the practice on the practice field concerns with Thibodeau that are starting to come out so, as well. So, we'll so see. there's something to watch right there. Broncos yeah. country with the combine coming up here, right around yep. the corner, Nick. I mean, those are, yep. those are the types of things that are going to be addressed and yep. uh, based on either the answer, the not, not the answer or the action uh, that's going to raise or lower the stock. Yep. So that's, that's a really interesting. No, I did not hear that. That's interesting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Trevon Walker, he played such a weird role. We'll have a chance to get into it, but that Georgia defense, man, stacked with talent. That's the type of team, Alabama, Georgia, Broncos team, South Country, or Southeastern Scouts, they're going to have to send two people there to get everybody in those practices and those games because there's just too much talent. Uh, We got Paul coming in saying, hi, Nick, and hi, Luke. Paul, hope you're doing well. I always appreciate your uh, comments on Twitter as well and appreciating my uh, all my hiking picks out here. We got Trevor Sandal coming in saying, evening, fellas, evening, Luke. No coffee, Nick. I had plenty of coffee this morning. It is, uh, I'm going to be really lame. I, I need to hydrate. We're, we're some hydration homies in here. Been chugging some water. Uh, we got, we also want to say hello to our, of course, mile high ladies in here. Uh, Ashley Watson saying, sup fellas, have a great show and go Broncos. Go Ashley. Uh, thanks for joining us. Ashley's today. my, Ashley's my girl, man. She's a comedian on the East coast, a huge awesome. Broncos fan. She's got some special things in the works Broncos awesome. country. Let's just say that. So, uh, yeah, definitely appreciate all the friends of the show, including Ashley, man, and, and go over to her webpage and check out some of her comedy. Cause Nick, I don't know about you, man, but, but football and comedy are kind of my thing, kind of, you know, comic books a little here on the side as well, but yeah. sometimes you just need a laugh, man. Sometimes that's why I love sports. You yeah. can engage, you can enjoy. Sometimes it's frustrating, so, all those sorts of things. So yeah. make sure that we continue to support each other, just like our guy, Peter Middleton, always in the house, helping us out. How are you, Pete? Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining MHI. Can we just trade that first already? So this nine pick is really just 21st from last year then. Uh, obviously, Peter referencing the obvious, right? That that number one pick in a lot of people's uh, projections, including mine, is going to Green Bay. So it's hard for the Broncos fan base to feel the same way 
like they did last year. There aren't those obvious quarterbacks that are coming out. Yeah. Uh, that generational talent that you mentioned. I think J.C. Horn, even he, he with him getting injured, I think he would have impressed some folks. Hmm. Uh, but it, it's hard to tell right now. I think the combine is definitely going to answer a few questions for us in pro yeah. days, too. Uh, we should be going to the Wyoming pro day to take a peek at Chad Muma and then CSU for Trey McBride as well. So stay tuned, Broncos country. Uh, Peter, I love that. What do you think, Nick? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to stay engaged, but you know George Payton as a scout. He's yeah. fully engaged into this draft and what he could potentially do at nine if Rodgers doesn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of different options here. Um, to answer Peter's previous question, I have five guys that are a tier above everybody else in this class. Kyle Hamilton is a blue chip player in this class. Um, he's a unicorn at the safety position, maybe a devalued position compared to edge rushers, compared to your boundary cornerbacks, compared to your offensive tackles, compared to your quarterbacks, of course. But man, that guy is awesome. Um, I would put his over under at pick number seven. Uh, if he falls below that, it's stupid. Um, both Evan Neal and Ike McQuanu from North Carolina State and Alabama. Those are top uh, blue chip guys in this class. And then Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, I would still put them there. We'll have to see what more comes out from uh, Thibodeau. There seems he seems to be really being pushed down. Maybe he even be an option for the Broncos at nine, uh, but we'll see how it plays out. I also wanted to say hello to, I had one up here earlier to Jason O'Neill. Curious what surprises are in store for us with the ex-Bronco quarterback rankings are revealed. Hope all is well. Yeah. Is Colin coming in here. Colin? Shout out to Colin. With these two, I can guess which way it's going to go. I mean, we're, <laughs> I'm just going to... We're just going to read it and yes. uh, we'll do what we do. Um, Jeff noise says, hello, Broncos country. And uh, we appreciate the back and forth either way. Uh, EJ, good evening, Nick and Luke in Broncos country. Mike S is in the house, rocking the Alabama logo. A lot of Alabama talent to talk this year and uh, Utah, Utah talk as well. Devin Lloyd coming in here with um, mm -hmm. Devin Lloyd supporter, Travis Weber. Uh, good evening, Luke, Nick, Scott and Broncos country. I know we are talking rankings, but in all seriousness, who do you feel comfortable taking at nine? A lot feel taking someone like Lloyd is early. Uh, hmm. I know you're a big, you and I differ, and it's almost, you know, it's a little bit of a bit at this point for our show just to have a little fun. Um, but the linebacker evaluation at nine, commit True. to the bit, right? That's you're talking comedian and early. Oh, commit for to sure. The bit. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're dug in, man. We're in separate foxholes yeah. and we continue to lob mud at each other. Uh, yeah, no, man. I know. Mud? I know what you're saying, too, because you're going to be like linebackers, a devalued position. And, you know, I want to spend everything for a generational linebacker. I just I'm having a hard time making Devin Lloyd that generational linebacker for me. Do I like him? Yes. I'm not quite sure I love him. And I think that's what yeah. Travis is trying to get at. Another good friend of the show, um, a, a former safety that converted to linebacker out of high school. He can play the Mike Will and the Sam. He can rush from the edge, but he still has a lot of raw talent to me, Nick. Yep. He needs some coaches that are going to develop him, be patient with him. I do like his sideline to sideline ability. He's somewhat stiff in his upper body when you study his film, but mm. It's really hard to nail down a generational linebacker for me right now. I just think people are going to be looking for the next Logan Wilson. That could be Chad Muma in the second round of the draft. It's a very good linebacker class. I will say Devin Lloyd sounds like he is a A-plus character guy there. Um, yep. He came back to – he could have come out last year, and he's like, I didn't play enough because the Pac-12 you know, is a very abbreviated season in 2020. He's like, I didn't play enough and comes out this year and earns, I think – Pac-12 player of the year, not only the tackle for loss production is insane, but the ball production from the linebacker mm -hmm. position is insane as well. Um, I absolutely love watching him. Uh, the Utah versus Oregon two times this year, Devin Lloyd all over the field. So I know that I'm saying nine is a, it's a risk to take an off ball linebacker at nine because the historical hit rate at the position. I just don't think the NFL, we know the NFL actually doesn't do a very good job of evaluating the elites from the solids um, from day one to day two in the draft, just based right. on data from the last 10 years. Um, but Lloyd, if he, 
given this class, if you love him enough, and also the pass rushing ability that he has, uh, versatility up front, uh, maybe I could be talked into it. There's some other guys I'd like more, but I want to see what the board looks like one through eight. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in first here. We had three or four decent linebackers from last year. Why would we bother unless we think he's a blue chip? It's a good question. Yeah, go ahead, Luke. It's a good question. And the reason, Peter, is because you're not sure. I guess you're going to know what you're doing after free agency when you're heading into the draft. But there's a lot of question marks there. Obviously, Baron Browning, I love he's wearing smoke dog. Al Wilson's number 56, an impressive young man last year. I loved him. I wanted him. Nick, you're exactly right. Take your victory lap. I wanted him in the second round last year, guys. That's how much I love this guy. and was hyping. Yeah. I should have been his hype man in, in any music video or something. Uh, but no, man, he's young. He's a young linebacker. I expect him to excel but you've got a decision to make with alexander josie jewel does kenny young want to come back because sign me and sign me up for him he was a decent linebacker making awesome tackles i think you could get him at an affordable deal but the linebacker position is thin it's just it's been historically thin the last three to four years and now with the free agency period officially hitting that linebacker room with josie jewel and alexander johnson you've got to prepare for the worst and that could include drafting a linebacker early one through three yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a deep class. If you don't get one day one, you could get one day two. But I want to see what happens in free agency first. Uh, you have, uh, obviously, Josie Jewel and Alexander Johnson are going to be free agents. Peyton listed them by name as some potential guys. Didn't name Penny uh, Kenny Young, which I think is interesting. Uh, also, last year's all-pro linebacker, uh, Devondre Campbell, uh, who Scott knows probably mm-hmm. pretty well, all-pro for the Packers, played exceptionally well in the Staley scheme or the Vic Fangio scheme, which the Broncos apparently want to run again. Uh, under Joe Barry there in Green Bay. Maybe he's somebody who interests you. He's lengthy as heck. He can play sideline to sideline. So we'll see. A free agency comes before the draft for a reason. You want to make sure that you are solid with your roster, not having to go any singular direction prior to the draft. And maybe the Broncos will make a big splash at the linebacker position prior to the draft. We'll see. Um, we got EJ coming in saying uh, Peyton needs to get Rodgers or Wilson or draft a quarterback this year. We can't continue the Drew Locke experiment. Well, EJ, I'm going to tell you to buckle up and... Uh, Brace yourself because the Drew Lock experiment definitely could continue. And uh, I is don't think ex- that's is it is it an experiment if you already know what it is? I mean, uh, like at this point, like and I wrote about it in my article too that you could find on milehighhuddle.com with these quarterback rankings that we're, we will promise we're gonna get to in the next five to ten minutes. Um, but we want to open up the chat to you guys, Broncos yeah. Country, because this show is about you. And about the Broncos. So here we go. Uh, Drew Locke, man, he just he needs to help himself a little bit here. And anytime there's a new coach and a new quarterback and their name isn't Tom Brady for a one year connection, there's always kind of a lame duck year. Drew Locke has only had lame duck years through some fault of his own, through other faults of uh, circumstance. Pat Shermer. I'm tired of the offensive line being the dig for Drew Locke. Uh, I just we've agreed on this show. It's time for a new start. Drew Locke is still exceedingly cheap. He is what going to be 25, 26 years old this year. Mm -hmm. And last year, I know, I know it's a low bar to clear, but last year over the final three games, he looked somewhat competent. Um, and we hadn't seen that for a bit, especially in the spot starting duty where he came in and, uh, relieved Teddy due to injuries prior to that. Uh, and I said, going into those games, I'm not asking for much. I just wanted to protect the ball and run the offense. Now the Broncos did go. zero and three, but I thought he looked as good, if not better, than the five-game stretch that everyone is like, oh, the Broncos went 4-1 and one to Drew Locke. Quarterback wins are not a stat in a small sample size, folks. Over, over a decade, sure, there's some survival bias with that, but uh, I thought he looked at least 
competent? No, I don't think he's going to end up being a top 10 quarterback, but he's here. He's still cheap. He still has some upside. And if the worst case scenario, as pro football focus said that uh, Drew Locke is your quarterback next year, at least you're not investing big time long-term in the wrong guy. That's, that's just my take. And there's still some salvageability. If that's the word for Drew Locke, I personally, um, I'm a, hater of non top 12 quarterbacks. And if I don't see you as a top 12 guy, I think you're probably just kind of pushing around sticks or pieces of, you know, toys in the dirt, whatever. Uh, but he's here and there's still a viable ability to maximize that contract and get you, so get you from 2022 to 2023. If you don't love the options available at the cost for this year, Lance Sanderson wrote an article a couple days ago on milehighhuddle.com that you guys can find if you head on over right now, talking a little bit about uh, Coach Kubiak. It's cool to say that, right, with uh, young Kubiak back in the house, um, giving a little bit of a review of Locke and what he said. And um, while I don't necessarily take it one way or the other, look, Coops just got here, okay? He hasn't had a full chance to really dive into Drew Locke yet. So what do you expect the guy to say? All right. Yeah. Do you, you expect him to go trash this quarterback before you even got in the room? He's the quarterback coach for crying out loud. Uh, so the, I think he referenced something about his arm talent and mm. if memory serves, and that has never been an issue. His athleticism has never been an issue. His ability to make decisions and execute those decisions. That has sometimes been the issue. And I love what Troy rank said last season about him on the Denver airwaves and in print, he described it basically, Basically, is like the the puppy wag and Drew Locke's tail has been taken out of his game. And it just felt like Drew was playing very loose uh, at times in his career. And then it was all kind of chained up and he was too afraid to make mistakes and ended up making them anyway. And I know stats aren't everything. You know that, too, Nick. But it's definitely the conversation we have to continue to have. But want to cheer Nick up. Dennis is going to do that for us because we're talking about an Iowa Hawkeye in this one. Uh, is there a right tackle worth taking at nine? How high or low do you see your guy running back for the Iowa Hawkeyes? Tyler Goods. Uh, is there a right tackle taking at nine worth taking at nine? No. I think you could argue that there are three potential guys that could be there at nine that might interest you. Uh, Evan Neal. It sounds like right now he is the odds on favorite to go number one overall. If he was at nine, that would be shocking, but uh, he would definitely be worth the pick at nine. Um, I also really like Ika Maquanu. I think he would be, I really hope he ends up in a wide zone scheme because his ability to get outside of the hash marks or at the second level of the defense and actually target and hit a moving defender is phenomenal. I know last year we were all excited about Quinn Miners, the belly moving in space, uh, but that was a lot of momentum and uh, speed that was a little bull in the China shop sometimes when it was asked to climb at the second level, not in control. Didn't really see that with Ike McQuanu, uh, really controlled. I think there's also an argument for Charles Cross. He scares me a bit. The run game ability is not there. I don't think he plays with much violence or pop what you want in his hands. He's a very passive player, which you like the smoothness. Um, you could have honestly said some of the similar things about Rashawn Slater last year. You know, he's a really good pass protector, maybe not the most dominant run blocker. Um, but he's also playing in that air raid system that Andre Dillard came from uh, same coach, same system. Andre Dillard has been a massive bust so far because he can't run block. Uh, so he scares me a bit, um, but he's young. He's improving. I know he's working with Duke Manyweather. Uh, so we'll see with Charles cross as far as Tyler Goodson. Around six or seven, probably for me. Um, he's a it can be an explosive back. Uh, it drives me nuts that he is he dances a little bit too much behind the line of scrimmage. You know, sometimes you got to get north and south. That might have been a byproduct of issues on the Iowa offensive line this season. Uh, despite having Tyler Linderbaum, they had some issues at tackle and a rotation that guard because of injuries. So wasn't very good. With Tyler Goodson too, he's just he's so small. 
and you haven't seen him being split out as a receiving option very often at Iowa. Don't know how well he's going to do at that. We'll have to see how he does at, uh, I think he's at the combine. So we'll have to see with that. The big thing with me though, with his size and how they used him, he's not a very good pass protector. Um, and that's like, can you, or can you not pass protect? You can't. All right. You're probably not for me. Um, so I really like Tyler Goodson. Also shout out to his mom, Felicia Goodson, who's uh, very nice. I've met her before and on Twitter, but, uh, Tyler Goodson, probably a late day three guy. I do think he's a good fit for the outside zone stretch scheme specifically. The pass protection though, uh, leaves me, leaves me wanting. Oh, leaves you wanting. I'm also curious about Cam Fleming and what he can do in another year. I, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him at training camp this year. Cause yep. I thought at times he held his own. Uh, he was obviously something that I was kind of continually writing about in one of my keys to victory. How do you yeah. supplement the help at right tackle? Hell, we've all been writing about it, right? The last five yeah. years. Um, so the Broncos have got to figure that out. I see my guy Travis in there talking about Sauce Gardner. I like him. But again, do you want to commit at the first round? That's going to be very, very tough. Uh, Peter Middleton asking, so which of our own free agents do we resign? I think it's going to be a one or the other with uh, Josie Jewell or Alexander Johnson. You're not going to get them both back. Um, and Kenny Young, I just, man, that's a tough one for me. I, w- I want him back. I just don't feel like the, it's a mutual decision right now, and I'm not sure if Kenny wants to test the waters elsewhere. Yeah, I, uh, I think Bryce Callahan is going to end up following uh, Ed Donatel to Minnesota. I would really like to bring hmm. Bobby Massey back. Uh because that gives you competency at the right tackle position. Now he's not a game changing ability, right tackle, but I thought that we were stable last year when he was in. And really that's probably the best thing you want for the offensive line. You don't need five A's, but you need zero F's out there. Right. I think with Bobby Massey, you're not putting out an F. Uh, so, and that gives, that means that in the draft, let's say for some reason, a tackle goes off. The one you want goes the pick before you three times in a row. Well, you're not screwed then for your entire season because you have Bobby Massey there. Um, so it gives you options. Um, he's one I would like to bring back one of Josie Jewell as well. Um, curious about Kareem Jackson, who knows what's going to go on with him. And other than that though, I mean, I don't know. I can't really think of many, uh, off the top of my head. And you're talking about linebackers talking about Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. Before we get to Trevor here, um, maybe a small shout out to Jonas Griffith as well, uh, down the stretch last year. I know yeah, that he's gonna have to work on sure. his playing downhill in the box and taking on blockers and dissecting, uh, that close to the line of scrimmage. But, uh, he showed flashes. He's really long and athletic, and I would not. I'd just keep in the back of your mind. You know, sorry, Justin Stranata. I can probably forget about him to an extent, but uh, Jonas Griffith, uh, keep him in mind too. You maybe don't have to spend massive resources because you have some height, weight, speed uh, development guys on the back end that are they're intriguing. They're intriguing. Some more Lance's crime because you just said something bad about Justin Stranata because we like to tease each other when we all miss on prospects because I promise that is going to happen this year Broncos country the Broncos will miss on some but which ones can they hit they've got to hit the premium picks for sure Uh, let's get to Trevor Uh, Trevor saying we've been in quarterback purgatory for years now agree with uh, Luke's article enough is enough it was a good read I appreciate that Trevor thank you for your support I'm really hoping we draft a quarterback I believe we have the coaching staff to develop them I don't believe Drew or any other quarterbacks we have on the roster will be the franchise guy. If you like a quarterback, go get him. Either draft or swing for the fence. Need a quarterback. Great article. 
Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, Trevor, and thank you very much. And Trevor, uh, obviously referencing the article that we are going to be talking about, uh, Mr. Rosenthal of NFL Network, Greg Rosenthal, released an article. He releases kind of an annual quarterback index. That quarterback index ranks all quarterbacks from the starting season. So depending on injuries, depending on that funny little bug, all kinds of different circumstances, right? Uh, you'll have varying different numbers of quarterbacks in different years. This year it was 62 quarterbacks. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater were both ranked. And let's just hop right into it, Nick, with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I know you've read the uh, article from Mr. Rosenthal. Uh, I think Scott has too, but I'm not sure if Broncos country has. Uh, if you were to poll Broncos country, Nick, and and I told you there are 62 quarterbacks that were ranked, where do you think they would place Teddy Bridgewater? Probably about Broncos country. Broncos country fans, sure. It's really hard to say just from a abstract in space, he's ranked this until you start to list the names, right? Like I think like once you start to list the names, it's a lot easier. So I think pulling it from nowhere, there's a lot of them would probably say about 25. Okay, that's fair. Scott's saying 30. So, all right, a good range of 25 to 30. Well, Teddy Bridgewater, surprising me, at least when I opened the article, ranked 18 in Mr. Rosenthal's article. And uh, he started to say, and I'm quoting Mr. Greg Rosenthal of NFL Network, if I was to guess Teddy's numbers for the season before it started, they might have looked like the stats above. He did his job, and the formula could have worked if the Broncos' defense didn't struggle to get off the field sinking to 21st in DVOA. DVOA, folks, is defense adjusted value over the average. Um, that's basically evaluating a player's performance based on circumstance, the situation, field position, the down, the play. All of these different variables go into this DVOA stat. And uh, basically, Rosenthal's grade is fair. I feel like, and it's based on the accuracy and completions for first downs that Bridgewater ultimately notched with 146 first downs. Um, and you can see some of the stats there that Scott has graciously pulled up. But Nick, when you're looking at stats, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be looking at stats because he wants to get paid like a starting yeah. quarterback. He's certainly comfortable being a backup, but his bank says we want to get paid like a starting quarterback because that's what we are. Teddy has a little bit of ammo to do that. Yeah, no, they do. Um, and he was solid last year. I will say that I think the DVOA and the CPOE and the EPA per play, um, it is very not artificially inflated because every single team gets to play bad teams. Um, that's just the nature of it, right? Um, if if you only played bad teams and fattened on them, then maybe you can make an argument for that. But in the NFL, all teams get to play bad teams. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of his output as far as the advanced analytics are heavily weighted and maybe somewhat skewed because of how great he was statistically the first three games against the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. Obviously, those are all whoopee cushion teams last season. Um, but, uh, you know, Teddy was fine. I think Teddy, unfortunately, with the injury, uh, with the concussion, his play dropped dramatically after that and uh, just wasn't good enough to get you over the hump. Um, so, 18th, yeah. on the whole, I think that probably sounds about right. If I would have said Broncos country would have said 20, 20th to 25th, but... Um, I can tell you guys, I've combed over the data for quarterbacks, you know, the last three seasons, almost weekly. Um, and that's, that's about right for where he is right now. And that puts him as a, you know, a third quartile quarterback in the league. Yep. Not exactly what you want, but you just traded a six round pick for him. He's only 4.5 against the cap. You got what you paid for. Um, and it was, I think it was more to, I don't want to say placate, but 
invest in Vic Fangio saying, okay, we got you a, another quarterback option. We got you your Patrick Scratan at nine. If you fail this year, it's on you and you're gone. And he failed and he's gone. So uh, we'll see with uh, Teddy Bridgewater what happens <laughs> well, here. And you know to what's a, horrible? Yeah. You know what's horrible is is a lot of us fans dismiss 500 records, right? Because 500 records don't win you championships ever. Um, but at the same time, if you're Teddy Bridgewater's agent and, you know, you certainly pointed out a very good argument there that data not only supports, but some of the film supports it too. Uh, the Teddy Bridgewater miss that farce, which I still blame on Melvin Gordon. Thank you, Melvin, for fumbling the ball. Um, but look, if I'm Teddy's agent, I'm saying, hey, man. He came in. You know what he was. Here are my stats. Uh, he was 7-7 seven and seven as the starter. He got taken out of the season through no fault of his own after getting blasted with that concussion that scared the hell out of everybody, and we're glad he's okay. But uh, he's unrestricted free agent. He's 29 years old. I believe this will be his eighth year in the NFL, fourth team um, with the Broncos. So he's been as advertised. He hasn't surpassed expectations as a whole i think very early we were surprised with those numbers with teddy and he was getting pumped up for sure and he had the numbers to back it up but was it sustainable that's something that we always asked was it sustainable broncos country you tell me was teddy bridgewater sustainable because he started out hot but then he definitely fizzled out through the through the season uh that's a tough one for me i i don't agree with it if i'm going to be honest I, i love rosenthal and his work and respect him a lot, but that's all about sports, man. You, you either agree, you don't, and you debate it, and you use this masterful work uh, to create a conversation. So I see the text line kind of saying, yeah, 30-ish, 25-ish. I think that's about right. I, so do I. I would say 25 is probably best-case scenario. I would have liked him at 30 myself. I agree with Scott, but uh, 7 and 7, 29 years old. Guys love him. He, he's not a troublemaker or anything like that. You know what you're getting with Teddy, and I think Teddy's going to get paid. Yeah, I think he'll get paid as well. I think he's a he'd be Mr. a perfect average. quarterback. Yeah, Mr. Average. He he would honestly be a perfect quarterback for somebody in there. Let's say whatever team that uh a guy like Malik Willis goes to, if you have Teddy Bridgewater in there for a two-year contract ahead of him, that's absolutely perfect. Uh, because then there's not the pressure, in my opinion, to rush Malik Willis out there. I mean, the fans might be calling for it, but uh, if you're listening to the fans to make your decisions, you're gonna be out of a job pretty soon, most of the time. Uh, so I think that's a perfect one. I think he's gonna write the ship. And I also think, I mean, you listen to those Broncos players talking about him. He did. There was belief in that locker room where there sometimes wasn't before. Um, mm-hmm. So we got Ryan Kelly coming in. Shout out to Ryan Kelly. Ryan and Kelly and, and I go back to kindergarten. Um, and uh, nice. I keep teasing him saying uh, Aaron, he's a big time, big time Packer fan. I think actually hashtag partial owner of the. Packers. Oh, Ryan, um, you're not going to you ain't going to like this then, man, because I'm telling you we're coming for him. But I got a question for you, Ryan, and we'll let you we'll get to your question. Yeah. Get us back in the comment line. What was Nick like as a kindergartner? Was he you know, was he always Nerd. into numbers? Was he always no. crunching? Was he crunching numbers then in kindergarten like a young Sheldon? I could see that if that's the case. That's cool, man. It's always cool when we get support from our friends and family. Yeah. Ryan coming in saying Teddy can be a great quarterback too. You guys need to get off Drew Locke. He's dog water. Always been dog water. Always going to be dog water. There's a number of quarterbacks to go after in the league now. Um, yeah, there are a number of quarterbacks. And uh, Luke, did you, I have the Greg Rosenthal article actually pulled up right now. You're talking about quarterbacks available in the league. You had Teddy 18. Um, number 19, Carson Wentz, one of the guys that the Broncos maybe would be linked to. Number 20, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, another guy that they linked to, even worse than Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and I have a funny stat here from. <laughs> and he's uh, a playoff quarterback, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I think I saw a meme. I'm not sure if oh, it's God. true, but I think it said Jimmy Garoppolo has the most, or as an active quarterback, has the most Super Bowl championships. Is that true? Does he have two? Tom no, Brady. That Brady retired. Yep. I mean, okay, man, yep. that's that's a rough stat, huh? <laughs> I mean, uh, with Brady retiring and winning all those rings, uh, that's that's what's going to happen. Um, I think it's pretty funny. Also, I have a stat here from uh, Greg Rosenthal talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo last year's depth of target for quarterbacks with 500 plus attempts, 29th in the league. Woof. You guys want to take some deep shots? Not with Jimmy Garoppolo. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo was the worst quarterback in the NFL with 20 plus yard or passes thrown 20 plus yards down the field with a negative 0.32 EPA per attempt, which is hard to do passing the football three touchdowns to nine interceptions. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo also had 18 more turnover worthy plays last year compared to big time throws. So uh, I'm out on Jimmy Garoppolo unless you can bring him in for an equivalent of uh, Teddy Bridgewater, where you're giving up a sixth and only paying 4.5 for one year. That's the kind of category quarterback he is. And if you pay any more than that, I'm going to be pissed. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be pissed. Me too. Yeah. And so is Broncos country. And George Payton understands that he's a smart, he's a smart man for sure. And I know he's evaluating his options and that is certainly an option that they're looking at. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm dismissing it doesn't mean that it's not being looked at. And those, that argument is there too. And I hate the argument cause I don't agree with it, but it's at the table. You got a two time Super Bowl winning quarterback. who started in his own Super Bowl lost mm -hmm. was a game away from starting in a second Super Bowl. I mean, it, He's going to go somewhere and he's going to play. So that's really tough. Also, um, let's get going to our friend duped duped is popping in here real quick saying, look, we're better off just sticking with drew lock and getting a high draft choice. And that's certainly something that I, I think we're trying to prepare people for a little bit on this show. And at mile high huddle, um, we've got some fans of drew lock on mile high huddle and some fans not of Drew Locke on Mile High Huddle, and that's really the cool thing here about sports that we always like to talk about. But the argument is there. He's cheap. He's here. Uh, he's one of your own. He could be an option, and maybe you go ahead and you invest that draft pick elsewhere. Speaking of Drew Locke, all right, he was ranked by Greg Rosenthal. Out of 62 quarterbacks, Drew Locke came in at number 47 on Greg Rosenthal's list that he released last week. I wrote up an article on it. You could find it at milehighhuddle.com saying that Locke was better than his stats showed in three late season starts, avoiding haywire decisions that plagued his 2020 campaign. He didn't get much help from his receivers or his offensive line. If he plays like that moving forward, he can settle in as a quality backup. I want to say that one more time, Broncos country. He can settle in as a quality backup. That line, Nick, absolutely floored me. My, my jaw dropped because while I respect Greg, he does not cover the Broncos, and maybe he didn't see some of these press conferences, some of the things that we saw. Um just Drew did not embrace the backup quarterback position. No. He wants to play. He's a gamer and I don't blame him. No one wants to be number two, but he didn't seem very prepared at times uh, when he was asked to come off of the bench. And he even said into a microphone, look, it was, I didn't get many reps that week with the ones. Well, no kidding, Drew. We don't all get number, number one reps. Uh, but when he was the guy, he did much better. Uh, so I think there's something to be said for that, but I don't see drew lock comfortable with being a backup quarterback at all. Not that he has a choice in the matter really, but yeah. it's just really hard for me to go there. What say you? Yeah. 
Let's get to Peter real quick. Then we can circle back on Drew Locke because I do have some thoughts, obviously, of course. Uh, but Peter first, I would say that Teddy is exactly what the Broncos don't want next season. We don't want Mr. Average next year. We need to tank for the draft pick to be in the playoffs after a trade. Another 50-50 season or 500 season uh, won't get us anywhere. Teddy won't get the Broncos to the playoffs. Thanks, Teddy, but good luck elsewhere. I agree with you. Uh, thanks, Teddy. Good luck elsewhere. But the thing is, I think also with the way this Broncos team is built right now, Drew Locke isn't bad enough where he you, you are actually going to tank. Unless you say, hey, Drew, just go out there and have fun. You know, that kind of thing. Like when he came in the, in that Chargers game situation, you know, go out there and do whatever. Uh, then, uh, and Nathan, I disagree with you a lot. Uh, Cutler is not worse than Locke. Cutler made millions of dollars and played in many games yep. and won a lot of games. I Playoff. know And he disparaged. was in the playoffs. He was in the playoffs yeah. too. So, I okay, here's what I'll say. And I can understand I can understand the tone of it. I'll say that much yeah. and agree with it. Jay Cutler was an ass. All right. Like that's just Drew Locke is not that way at all. Drew Locke yeah. is likable. He has charisma. He comes from a good family. People mm-hmm. want to like Drew Locke and they want him to succeed. Hell, I had a first round grade on the man. Um, but it just, it hasn't for whatever reason. And we could debate that till we're blue in the face. Um, the Jay Cutler thing, we can't go there, man, because that guy, go look at his stats, go look at his starts, go look at his snaps and a different mind. You know, I'm talking about how quickly can you process things? Jay Cutler could process things very quickly. Now, his decision making was a whole nother thing because that arrogance got him into trouble. That arrogance bounced him out of the league. Yeah, no arrogance. I mean, he had all the tools, um, good athletes, but uh, I don't think he was he wasn't the most competitive guy in the room every single time. You know, sometimes I feel like he coasted on that talent. Obviously to be a starting quarterback at all, you have to put in some of the work, but you want your quarterback to be a freaking psychopath as far as competitiveness. Um, those are the guys who end up being the greats. So um, yeah, getting back to lock here um, again, I thought he was pretty competent in those final three games last year. You do have him here for another year. And uh, he showed enough where worst case scenario, again, the worst case, let's say you can't get Russell Wilson. You can't get, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, even I know people would disagree with this. I would take her cousins. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. The contract that he comes with behind him scares the bleep out of me, but at the actual play on the Ugh. field, I think, I think he's top 10. Yeah. That's like paying him 40, 45 million a year is not for me. If he says, Hey, I'll come here. If you pay me that, then hard pass. There's um, no way he takes a discount in my opinion. Nope. Yep. No, I don't think so either. And that's, that's, uh, that's and that's good me. for us. That's good yeah. for us. Cause like yeah. you got to have your line in the sand, Nick, to your yeah. point. I, I don't want Kirk Cousins here, but that argument is is valid. I mean, when you look at some of his stuff and he hell, he's made a ton of money for a reason. Why would he want to start making less? Yep. No, absolutely. You are 100 percent correct there. So it's uh, that's what he wants. He's about that money. So and he is kind of a stats guy, you know, getting fat on some poor teams, but he's pretty good. Uh, pretty talented player. So we'll see. But as far as Drew Locke, again, he's here. He's talented. He showed a little better down the stretch. And I do like. You know, everybody's like, oh man, Shermer, and now we have this new scheme here. It's not like they're going to run Air Coriel or they were running the Earhart Perkins before under Shermer. They were both running <laughs> West Coast offenses. It's from the same vein. The right. biggest difference is going to be the run scheme off of it, not the passing scheme. It's going to be a lot of the same concepts that you saw from, uh, from Pat Shermer still. A lot of the same terminology as well. I will say that the Kyle Shanahan tree specifically has done a good job of taking more off the plates of the quarterback mentally, as far as the pre-snap adjustment, as far as going through progressions, doing a good job of scheming the first guy open more often than not. Uh, I would agree with that. And I Shermer, think that's, yeah, Shermer, does that's not. Shermer wants you to go one, two, three, and be able to read the full field. 
Locke mm-hmm. has struggled with that. And every time Locke has been on the field, Shermer has had to change his playbook a bit uh, eventually um, to be more half field reads, high, low check down, mm-hmm. get rid of the ball. Um, and again, maybe this offense will be better because of that. Maybe Drew Locke also works better in more of a wide zone off of the wide zone run scheme versus the gap centric ISO versus inside zone scheme. We'll see. Um, but again, he's here. Let's say you bring in Andy Dalton, got everyone roll their eyes, Tyrod Taylor, whatever. Locke has to compete again. He's been given more starts than any quarterback drafted since 2014. Day two quarterback, not named Jacoby Brissett. Has he earned those? I don't know. He's still a day two quarterback, but uh, he might yeah. he might get a shot. He might get and, a shot. And that's important. And, and I'm going to hit yeah. you, Trevor, in just a second. But like... Uh... Is he a bust? No, he's a second no. run quarterback. Like, you know, exactly. He's a premium pick that didn't work. Uh, can we say that? Yes, we can say that. But it's just hard to call a second rounder a bust yeah. for me when you got Dalton Reisner and uh, your draft is trending up. Trevor again weighing in with some support. Appreciate you. Here's something to consider. Drew Locke has said repeatedly that he wants to be a starter. Guys, what are your thoughts on Locke wanting out of Denver if they get another quarterback that is the starting guy and not him? Here's what I'll say, Trevor. Drew is not an ass like Jay Cutler. Uh, I don't see Drew making any waves because he doesn't have the power to make any waves. And the last thing he wants to do is look like he has an attitude to any future employers that are out there looking at him because he does not. He is professional. He is a hard worker. He doesn't want to be a backup. Yeah. And the thing is also it, that drives me insane. Um, and there was some stuff, I guess I have now that it's been said, I can quote somebody else as saying it, but uh, Ryan Konigsberg uh, down at the senior bowl as well, talking to some people in the Broncos front office saying that drew lock uh, after he lost the starting gig uh, tuned out a bit and mm-hmm. disappointed some people in the front office with his behavior and attention to detail after losing the starting gig. And I get it. That's upsetting. But I think if you are a, if you are going to be one of the greats and by, make no mistake about it. You want to be looking for one of the greats at the quarterback position. You know, what would Michael Jordan do if he lost the quarterback competition? You know, would he sit back and, you know, zone out? No, that dude's no. working 10 times as hard. Tom Brady, you know, six round pick back at the drew Henson at Michigan ends up being the great because he outworked those guys. Um, So that really, that bummed me out. And again, I didn't hear that directly from somebody at the senior bowl, like Ryan Konigsberg did, but that's disappointing. And also the thing is like, I want to be a starter in the league. Drew, you've had, what is it, 21 starts through three years where, I mean, a lot of second-round picks, uh, third-round picks don't even get a single start or like 24. two starts. 24 mm-hmm. starts. I mean, you've had opportunities to show yourself. It's Is it going to be perfect? No, but that's the NFL, right? No team is going to be perfect around that quarterback. You're going to have to step up and make plays and be better. And to say that he wants to be a starter, would he demand a trade out? We saw that comp, uh, comment there. No matter where he goes, he's going to have to compete next year for the right to earn those starting snaps. It should not be handed to him. He had 2020 handed to him. They went out, they paid Melvin Gordon top five money per year. They paid Graham Glasgow top five money interior offensive lineman money per year. They used their first two picks on wide receivers, sick bug year. Yes. Injured Cortland Sutton. Yes. Every single team, when you take a step back has things like this that happen and their quarterbacks, you know, they either succeed and step up or they fade away into obscurity. So if Lockett's another shot this year, I'm pulling for him, but I think it's, academically dishonest to say that he hasn't been given a shot at all or he's been sabotaged he just hasn't run with it when the opportunities have been given to him and that's i think that's more on him than anything i agree yeah you're you can only be in charge of the things and the variables that you can control and to your point and i liked what you said about the work 
you've got to love the work. You've got to love the grind. You've got to love the suck, right? Like our armed services and, and military folks yeah. say, you got to love the suck, embrace the suck. Um, I just don't know if I have that feeling. I, I think Drew likes to compete. I know he's a competitor. Um, I know he has high expectations for himself, yeah. but it's just really hard. And it's an old tired argument of Drew hasn't been given a chance. Yes, he has. And he is still on the roster unless I miss something and he was released. Um, he's still a Denver Bronco under contract for very cheap. So he still has some, some uh, tread on the tires, no doubt. But what can he do with the rest of his career? Is he going to resurrect it or is he just going to fizzle out? That's going to be really tough to say. Um, Michael, we really appreciate you weighing in, just saying great show tonight. Go Broncos. We appreciate Mike always joining us on the show. It's MHI with Nick, Luke and Scott. We really appreciate everybody joining in as we start to wrap up the show. Uh, But no, Drew Locke came in on Greg Rosenthal's list at number 47. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater ahead of him at 18. And then you have some former Denver Broncos right underneath Drew Locke making the list. Obviously, the Broncos got to see their former quarterback, Cleveland Browns own Case Keenum, get a win against their team on the first primetime and what we thought was going to be the only primetime game of the year on Thursday night football against Cleveland. Uh, Broncos country, you can remember Teddy could barely walk in that game, but he somehow played and I threw a fit. I thought it was so irresponsible of Vic Fangio, but Case Keenum came in at number 48 on the list. Then you got some guy named Joe Flacco is still bumping around the league for the New York Jets ranked in at number 51. And I think it's his second stint with the, uh, the Jets. Is that right, Nick? I believe so. Cause he went Um, to Philly for a a cup of coffee and then I think yeah, and then and then Philly traded him out. And then Brandon Allen, right? Cincinnati Bengals. They thought maybe Brandon Allen was going to be coming in the Super Bowl the other day. Uh, but he was ranked in at 58 also. So more retrade quarterbacks circulating this list. And wouldn't it be nice if uh, we're not talking about these lists in the bottom bottom third or or even mid to third it'd be nice yeah. if you got that unicorn that one through ten you know brady wilson rogers what's going on with kyler murray out there i've got no idea um you know it's just one of those things that's so interesting because nick i don't know what's your take on the russell wilson thing because i'm mm-hmm. i'm up one minute and now i'm kind of down thinking okay he's gonna stay put they didn't make any changes with beat carroll Uh, But then you still hear some rumblings every now and then about Russell maybe getting a little mad and wanting his way out. Yeah, I think maybe it is unfortunate, but I think a lot of teams are taking looking in the mirror, so to speak, after Matt Stafford. A lot of people denigrated him last season a year ago. Oh, he's always hurt. Oh, he sucks. He's never won a playoff game. He's watched the tape. Look at the data. He's pretty freaking good quarterback. And you don't have a chance unless you have a pretty freaking good quarterback. And now these teams are like, wait a second, wait a second. Maybe it's us that's wrong. Maybe it's not the quarterback that's the issue. Maybe we haven't built well enough around that quarterback. And I think that actually hurts the chances for a Russell Wilson to be moved and Aaron Rodgers to be moved, a uh, Kirk Cousins to be moved because you don't want to be on that. And Colin, I feel like I'm I'm trying to be happy here. I'm trying to be real, but I'm also not totally, you know, 
I haven't gone scorched. Neither one of us have gone scorched earth, Colin. And I'm trying. Trust me, I'm trying. No one's even mandated me to try or anything like that. We're just, we don't want to take a dump on Drew. We really don't. And Colin, I know you love your Broncos. And Colin, you have a right to be frustrated because it's time we don't have these debates anymore. Uh, By hook or by crook, Nick, free agency with Russell Wilson or quarterback, the fans are sick of it. And we need to somehow come together and make everybody happy with winning. Yep. It's going to be rough. And I mean, if we've said it on here, this show for years, um, your window doesn't even open until you have the quarterback. I think I saw a tweet the other day saying Broncos closer to rebuilding or uh, rebuilding or contending. And it's like, well, I'm a billion dollars away from being a billionaire. You know, like, <laughs> God, if you don't have the quarterback, you're not contending, period. Um, unless sure. you uh, get really lucky, you have a great roster and have maybe Kyle Shanahan there. But eventually that, uh, that bubble is going to pop when Jimmy Garoppolo throws it right to the defender in the middle of the field multiple times. They're going to catch it eventually because Jimmy G can't help himself. Uh, Ryan coming in saying Kyler Murray in Denver would be massive. Kids electric. Mm-hmm. I do love Kyler Murray. Um, if he is available, I'm interested. I am curious about this is going to, I might get some eye rolls here, but I really think that the, the height, as far as a purely under center offense, uh, the West coast offense, the wide zone, I'm not sure how that looks with Kyler Murray. You actually, I think, do have to play a very air raid centric system for him to work. If and if Nathaniel Hackett says I can do that, um, I hope he would. Then that'd be great. But I do think that the purely under center drop back pass game, um, would be not the best fit for him. Uh, and if you trade that much capital for him, you need to go all in on what works for that quarterback. Too short for the pure drop back um, quarterback for me with Kyler Murray. You love him because he is who he is, which is a dynamic, electrifying. Yeah. I feel like the rock. What was the with the rock on the Super Bowl and that burgundy get up? That was yeah, just gosh. That was odd, huh? But Dylan Von Ark's our guy. We we don't give Dylan enough recognition and credit for everything he does for us behind the scenes and for you, Broncos country. So uh, Dylan's weighing in saying the conversations are going to feel like repeats until we get to the tag period slash free agency. Uh, man, that's right around the corner, man. You, the What is it? Legal tampering or whatever it's called. That's illegal tampering is going on right now i'm sure of it (laughs) it happens in the nfl and we're right around the corner for some really really exciting stuff here in march where your broncos are going to be built first by free agency and then uh broncos country's waiting for two weeks nick i mean the next couple weeks here we should start to figure out or at least hear what aaron wants to do obviously the big news in green bay and Boulder, I guess, this week, right? Uh, is that Shanann Woodley and Aaron Rodgers have called it quits. Uh, no more engagements, no more relationship. It's, I don't know if you want to call it a messy breakup. All breakups are kind of messy, right? And yeah. so now people are thinking, well, man, maybe Aaron doesn't want to come in. The, all right, I can hear that conversation, but it's a personal thing. Aaron has his own personal life and the way he likes to do things, don't we all? But then you got the Green Bay Packers kind of doubling down a little in the in the midst of the news and going and getting his old favorite quarterback coach out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, as we start to wrap up the show, what, what do you make of the news of, one, the breakup, and I know it's weird we're talking about it, two sports analysts and draft mm-hmm. experts, uh, and two, the new quarterback coach in Green Bay coming out of retirement as a way to swoo Heron into uh, staying in Green Bay. I don't think the Shailene Woodley breakup means deadly as far as Aaron Rodgers going somewhere else uh, at all. Um, 
So that doesn't really matter to me at all. The, uh, the quarterback coach, the old quarterback coach coming into green Bay, I does, I do think matters. And I think that, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to stick around in green Bay. I know that they're going to be, I think they're going to become the saints as far as a team that they're going to put not poison pill. That's the wrong words. Apparently you can't do poison pills anywhere anymore in contracts, but the voidable years, you know, paying, uh, Devonte Adams all the way until 2038, you know, he's not gonna be playing that long, but you're still going to have guaranteed money on the contract because you're putting everything on the credit card. Kind of like the saints have been doing year after year after year. And that's what the Packers should do. If Aaron Rodgers wants to be there, uh, we saw again, learning lessons from the Super Bowl winner, the Rams, uh, if you have a window, then go for it. Uh, then put it all on the credit card because windows are fleeting and there is no guarantee that you'll ever be back on that mountain. So every single little resource you can do to give yourself just a little bit more probability that season or that little two to three year window, do it. Uh, so again, I'm just, I last year also Aaron Rodgers hurt me too much because after they passed on Justin Fields, Mac Jones at nine, I'm like, okay, well, they only do that if they think that Aaron Rodgers is coming. So I was coping. That's that's me on the cope right there. Um, hoping that it would happen. Didn't happen. I'm not going to get hurt again this year. I'm not going to let it happen. Yeah. Packers fans were uh, really happy with the breakup, but you know, I hope they're, I hope they just yeah. realize what's happening just because yeah. some old dog comes out of retirement. That was Aaron Rodgers favorite quarterback coach does not mean that he is for sure coming back. Just like it doesn't mean he's for sure coming to Denver. Cause we have Nathaniel Hackett, right? But you try to read between these lines. We try to speculate the best way that we can. Uh, I just, man, I'm digging my heels in. I just, I don't care. I'm sorry that you got, they're desperate. I feel like they're just really reaching here. Green Bay. They are going out of their way to talk about, you know, we're committed to Aaron, but, we're not going to say we're not going to trade him. And I mean, how committed are you? Why don't you just come out and say, we are not trading Aaron Rodgers. Say that right now into a microphone and make Green Bay Packers Nation or whatever you guys call yourselves up there in the frozen Midwest. Um, make everyone feel a lot better. Calm my nerves so we can go another direction. And I'm not heartbroken two years in a row. Also, I just feel really, really optimistic. Again, Broncos country, get on over to milehighheddle.com. You can check out that article referencing Rosenthal's work. Um, we've got a few pieces up there right now it's mm -hmm. busy 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 off season means that we are working hard he is nick kendall at nick kendall mhh i'm luke patterson at luke patterson lp and this guy our friend our guy gary leads palmer's coming in with some support and some love hey nick and hey luke great show gary is a huge member of our community a super chat superstar on that mount rushmore as chad jensen would say yeah man wisconsin Smell the dairy air, right? No, it's just uh, let's, <laughs> dude. I, I would, I would kill for some spotted cow. I'm from the Midwest. Used to make that trek up to Wisconsin. What to is the that? Dells. Um, it is a lager that you can only buy from Nuclearis Brewery. That's in Wisconsin. Pre free publicity there for them. But uh, I drive okay. across the border and uh, smuggle that back to Iowa back in the there day. That go. was good times. Um, so, yeah, man, we get into the quarterback index. We'll see what happens here with the Broncos. Uh, no real news. I'm hoping at some point. Um, I'm really excited. Um. Has there been any announcement as far as Ejiro Ivaro as and a press conference? Is that coming I know down the you've been wondering about oh, that, and I've been waiting to tease you, <laughs> Nick. They don't give coordinators press conferences, bro. You know that. When was the last time you got a press conference from coordinator? That well, was heard from Ed Donatel multiple times, not like yeah, well on weekly. Conference. So on yeah. weekly, you got right your Monday, Tuesday, and their Friday yeah. special team. No more Tom McMahon. I know everyone's really yeah. bummed there, but I know you want to ask him about his D line scheme. I see you on Twitter, I need it. and you asked me, it. you're like, Luke, if you're in there on that presser, be sure to ask him. And I know, yeah. man, I know. Uh, they officially announced that. I think what we got the email a couple days ago. Because yeah. we were all waiting. We know that that was the case. But Ivaro is in the house. 
under the tutelage and watchful eye of Mr. Dom Capers, which we're still excited about as well. Free Earth Citizen is coming in as we start to wrap up MHI with Scott, Nick, and Luke, saying we will know about Aaron Rodgers by March 8th, a.k.a. The franchise tag deadline. Here's where yeah. I would push back just a little bit, Free Earth, and I like where your head's at because Free Earth Citizen has their eye on the NFL calendar. Um, Devontae Adams, I think that's – I don't know if they would risk trying to tag Rodgers. I think they'd tag Adams first because I feel like that's obviously a package deal, and I speculated and wrote about not only Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver, but Devontae Adams coming with him. So – uh, for me, I think that's interesting. You definitely are watching dates, and that is an important date to watch, March 8th, on whether or not Aaron Rodgers would be franchise tagged. It will be interesting, and this quarterback market is going to be a lot of fun. Like I talked about earlier, it does sound like everybody's waiting on the Deshaun Watson dep- deposition. I don't know if you saw this too, though, talking about the Washington Commanders. They are sound like they're going to be very, very aggressive um, yep. for trying to get a quarterback, even to the point where Chase Young is being shopped in order to go upgrade the quarterback position. Former number two I overall pick. I saw that. I yep. saw that. That makes me wonder just a sneaking little bit about his injury. Like, are you trying to shop Chase Young in a weird roundabout way? Um, because he, what quarterback wants to go to Washington? I mean, I know that somebody will because they want to get paid, but you know, Russell Wilson's not going there. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't going there. And uh, excuse me to free earth citizen because Scott was saying, come on, dummy. He was talking about Devontae Adams. So obviously free earth citizen referencing the franchise tag deadline to see what the Packers are going to do with Devontae Adams. Cause everyone knows they're kind of, uh, that bromance is a package thing. And that's a package thing that all 32 teams want in their house. Peter Middleton in the house. Who would we, who would be the better quarterback out of Luke Nick and Scott, what kind of quarterback would you be? We'd be the best quarterback of all time if you could get like all three of us together. I will be honest and say I can't throw a football very well. I love my daughter's Nerf football, and we got into flag football. And with the little kids' football, I look amazing out there because I can just gun it and sling it. But um, oh man, I I was a D lineman for a reason. I can't throw the football. I like to think that I can. I like to think I can evaluate them. But in terms of playing quarterback, you don't want to see it from me. I've, I'm gonna say Scott maybe. Uh, he's got the baseball background with this kid and whatnot. I know he's I know he's the old man here, uh, but uh, I would say Scott. I, the thing with me and this is the Paxton Lynch issue too is I have fr- weird, weirdly long arms compared to my body height, so my mechanics are all over the place. Like my my name is still up. Talking about Ryan Kelly earlier, my friend from elementary school. My name is still up on the board, not because I'm an athlete at all for the sit and reach because I could scratch my feet without bending over <laughs> when I was in fifth grade. I was really you're good like, at basketball because I could just grab the ball. I was um, just going to say, you're like Kevin Durant. You're like the Durantula yeah. where your knees be, yep. where your arms are hanging down to your knees. That's funny, man. It's funny when you start getting into some of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, those are, those are interesting theoreticals. And don't think that I don't, uh, you know, pretend when I'm out there with our flag football team of eight year old boys and girls that I'm, I'm slinging guns and everything to little kids. I totally have my dad moment and relive the glory days. And oh. I don't know if you've seen new balance, like that meme running around and it's like yeah. new balance came out with cleats. All the dads are getting their comeback ready. That is totally it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of it, man, we're hitting our hour mark. Broncos country has been rocking with us hard on, uh, on this episode of MHI. And we really, really appreciate you guys. Be sure to get it. Nick at Nick Kendall. MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. If you'd like to reach Scott, that's at Scout Kennedy. The mothership at Mile High Huddle. Um, let's see real quick. Trevor weighing in. I say Luke. Sorry, Nick and Scott. I can see Luke being a Big Ben quarterback type. Oh man, I don't know if that's a that's a compliment or a diss. 
but I would take it. He's a Hall of Famer, right? And I would love some Big Ben in me. Um, oh, God. It's careful, careful what you say there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the field. That's going to be a wrap for us, oh. guys, as we start to get a little off of the rails. He's he's Nick Scott on the ones and twos. I'm Luke. Always believe in that mile high magic and go Broncos. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.